0: And Barnes hits it right high! It's a
1: Wednesday, March 15th. Welcome to the Just Baseball Show. That's Arm Lane and I'm Peter Apple. And this is the AL East season preview. We are past the top 10s, and now we're going to go through each division on every other episode that we're about to do. We start with the AL East in this. I'm a Yankee fan. You are a Marlins fan, so you have to diminish some of my bias. I just finished writing up the 2023 MLB season preview of the Yankees, and we're going to have a ton of articles like that on JustBaseball.com, but a fun episode that we just did. In the episode description, you can find the link to episode 169 of Not Gambling Advice, where Arm, Jack, and I, we did our March Madness bracket. It was an hour and 15 minutes, ton of fun. We picked a champion. That's in the episode description. You and Jack really helped me along because I don't know shit about March Madness.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was a blast. Um, just kind of chopping it up, bouncing stuff back and forth, putting together our bracket for picket. Um, that's that was a lot of fun. So I I hope people that are you know, even if you're not a big college basketball fan, you know, I, I wouldn't say jack Jack is is Darn close to an expert. I love college basketball. It's my second favorite sport to, to to follow closely. So I feel like I know a decent amount, enough to to help you with your primer. Um, so if you want to get a little bit more of a primer on that, go listen to our episode. And then if you want more, uh, we have the the Just College Hoops podcast as well, which you should check out because those guys are doing an awesome job. To they covered the conference tourneys well, and, and now they'll get you ready for March Madness. But yeah, I had a good time breaking that down, and I think our bracket's perfect. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I agree. We even joked
1: around that we all practice, or at least me. I don't know if you guys actually agreed, but me, I practice my speed that I'm going to give to espn or whoever interviews someone to get ha- whoever has the perfect bracket practicing my speech what i'd say I'd like the
0: thing good that would be for your brand yeah. just like as like the betting guy like oh yeah like it, it just in the bio like the fuck the units thing i'm up this man no one gives it i had a perfect bracket like that's it you're good you're set for life
1: you're going down in history so <laughs> yeah. but that was fun this is also going to be fun we are going to give you a preview of this division. We will have tons of projections, which will probably happen um, a couple days leading up to the season. So this isn't the betting episode. This isn't, oh, you know, the Rays show value to win the division or anything like that. This is just we're going over rotations, bullpens, key players to watch out for and what to expect from these teams in general. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because there's just so much to unpack right now as we talk about the trends in spring training injuries circle back to the offseason. I know that we did a lot of off season recaps, but now also how are we seeing that impact kind of teams plans? Unfortunately, a lot of guys have gone down, so that's going to have to be something that we cover you know, in these previews. And this is really just to get you primed up to know everything you need to know across the league. Our predictions and stuff is going to be really fun because that's going to be a little bit more contentious. We'll probably be debating a little bit more. We'll be writing down, I said this, you said that. But also, it's not always about who we think is going to do what. It's also about the value bets, the value picks, and some interesting over-unders that we find. Here, we're kind of getting you ready and informed on everything you need to know on each division, which is also a lot of fun, too. But I am very much looking forward to the uh the betting picks as we get forward into that as well. But I feel like there's a lot to unpack as we've been doing the top tens over the last couple of weeks. We've been keeping up with with everything going on. But there's been so many little things going on, especially when we get to the Yankees and a lot of other teams guys getting hurt. Young players impressing in camp that might force their way into, you know, opening day or early into the lineups, you know, relatively early in the season. So a a lot to break down, I think, in the ALE specifically, as this is going to be one of the more fun divisions of baseball. And I think we should start from the bottom to the top of last year, because I think
1: sometimes we and I'm a victim of this, too, I think everyone who watches sports is a victim, there's a lot of optimism for teams. But I think it's important to look at last year's standings and see how much truly did they get better, Yeah, right? Because we can really look at team, like let's say, you know, I know you're a big fan of the Blue Jays, but they finished seven games behind the Yankees. I know a lot of Red Sox fans are more excited for this season, but the reality is that they finished below 80 wins last year. So let's talk about those Red Sox because, yes, last year they finished 78 and 84 Mm -hmm. with a negative 50 52 run differential, the worst in the division. They gave up a ton of runs, but they also scored the third most in the division. But again, they gave up the most in the division. Uh, They really struggled on the road. It was a good home team. But overall, they finished 21 games back of the New York Yankees. When we look at their team from last year. ERA from starting pitchers, they finished 22nd and in the bullpen, they finished 26. But on offense, they were great. They finished third in batting average, ninth in OPS. This team is clearly going to hit like they did last year. Yeah. And the lineup is really good. We'll go lineup, starting rotation and bullpen, but in the lineup. And it's funny because his name is first up on roster resource on fan is Tristan Casas, who has been one of the best overall hitters in spring training so far. If we're looking at spring training stats, he is fourth out of all hitters in OPS, slashing yeah. 387, 441, 677 for an 1118 OPS. He's slated to play first base at a position that the Red Sox have been struggling at. Normally it's Bobby Dalbeck. They even brought in Eric Hosmer, who's now
0: gone. This is a big piece for the Red Sox. A hundred percent. And, you know, hindsight's 2020. And I think he was a big reason why they didn't retain Kyle Schwarber uh, in that magical season. Schwarber was a big part of what they did in that playoff run, but I think they saw Casas on his way and, you know, they didn't really like what Schwarber doesn't bring to the outfield in terms of the defense. So they let Schwarber go. I think when you look at what Costas is going to bring, you know, we saw some of the the stories around like the veterans not loving how he like basically bathes in the sun in his underwear out in the outfield and takes his naps in the clubhouse. And like, this isn't because Tristan Costas is an asshole. I'm not going to pretend like I know him very well personally, but I know a lot of people that have played with him that know him well, he has his routine. He sticks to his stuff. And and it's a reason why he's successful. And and he's just a little bit different. Like he's a unique guy, but I, that's part of the reason why I believe in him. And I think that as as a 23 year old, he can handle the pressures that come with it. I think his teammates are going to learn to just let him do his thing because he's going to be one of the best hitters on this team. But I'm glad you start with him because I think he is he is a big X factor for this team. And there's a few. But on the offensive side, I think he's a big X factor because they need him to be a guy. Um, you know, we know Devers is going to be good. Justin Turner. Thank goodness he, he dodged that, you know, anything serious there injury wise. I think we all agree that we still think Turner can swing it and he was great in the second half. Um, They've got a lot of dudes, but I think Casas, if he is closer to that 125 WRC plus guy that, that we think he can be uh, and and that really talented power bat, this offense is pretty good. Uh, And I think between him and Yoshida, the two rookies here, uh, those are the two guys that I think can really help determine what this team's offensive ceiling is going to be. Let's talk about
1: Masataka Yoshida because, again, him and Casas are both the rookies on this team, but they're very different in age. Tristan Casas is 23. Masataka Yoshida by the end of this year will be 30 years old. I know that you're really high on Masataka Yoshida. I know that Colby, our resident Red Sox fan, is yeah. of course going to be high on Masataka Yoshida, but comparing him to Seiya Suzuki, right? Because Seiya was a couple years younger. Uh, he was more successful in the MPB, maybe a bigger prospect, but Yoshida got more money than say I did. And I think it's expected that Yoshida is going to translate quicker, yes. maybe because he's more of a veteran and it's more
0: of a safer batted ball profile. Yes. You love Yoshida, don't you? Yeah. I, you know, I think Suzuki, I, I expect him to take a big leap this year. And I think he's got like that, that superstar skill set. You know, I don't know if I'll ever be as the all star skill set. Yoshida. It's the safe bat that I think is just going to translate really well. And you look at like fangrafts projections; they have him hitting three hundred, which is nuts, which is nuts because because typically is pretty harsh on rookies. Uh, for example, they have Tristan Casas hitting two fifty with a three forty eight on base and four thirty four swag. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, that's that's a solid overall season. But you know, I think you'd expect a little bit more from him. Um, I don't know if Yoshida's going to hit 300, but I think he's going to hit for a good average. He's going to get on base at a good clip. And the bat to ball skills are just really advanced and, and he's got enough power. So I like Yoshida a lot. I, I think this offense is sneaky, decent Where in terms of just production where I'm concerned. And what I don't think that they addressed in the slightest is and we'll get to pitching. But but defensively, man, like I agree. how do you I feel about, about this defense? Casas you know, is fine at first. Devers has improved a bunch at third, and I don't think he's a liability there. But now you've got Kike Hernandez at short, who's barely played there. You've got Christian Arroyo at second base. I guess he's fine there. And then the outfield is Adam Duvall, who we were just praising the Braves for finding a way to get him out of center before he got hurt with, with bringing up Michael Harris. Now he's going to ultimately probably go back to center field. They've got at Verdugo in right, who's on. fine, and then Yoshida in left. Like
1: Adam Duvall at 34 years old is manning center field for is the center Boston
0: field for, for the Red Sox. And that's not an easy center field to man. Like nope. that's a unique, uh, the, the, the triangle and center field. There's a lot of space to cover. I know it's shallow and left, but there's a lot of space in the gaps there. I, I don't, I don't love that setup there. And, and the outfield has me a bit concerned because we don't know what kind of defender Yoshida is going to be either. Um, and, and, you know, it's not like, Verdugo is anything great out there. So I'm a little concerned about the defense to say the least. I think they're going to hit, but how is that defense going to be behind an iffy pitching staff too? I'm looking at Red Sox overs this year, man. Red Sox overs in terms of
1: wins or losses? No overs in terms of runs every every day. Oh. oh, I agree because, I agree with you. This team will hit. There's no real weakness in this lineup. You could say Reese McGuire is the weakness, and I'd understand that, but he actually had a decent cameo with the Red Sox when he came over from the Chicago White Sox in that trade. But again, there's no Christian Vasquez. P.K. was so electric in center field, but now you move him to shortstop, which he hasn't really played. Kind of reminds me of the Jazz Chisholm situation, moving a second baseman to center field. They're doing the opposite. They're moving a center fielder back to shortstop. And yes, he's done it before, but over an entire season, not only are you taking his defense away from center field and replacing him with a 34, 35 year old, you're putting him at a position that he is just weaker in. We see him in the World Baseball Classic playing center field because that's, I think, his best position. I wonder too because we've also seen guys who make the move to completely different positions. Sometimes it affects them offensively. You have an error in the first inning. It can kind of get in your head. You're worried about defense and that takes away from what you're going to do with the plate. But I think overall this Offense with Casas, Devers still bangs. I still think Turner is going to be good. Yoshida should be good. Verdugo, Kike, like oh, even Adam Duvall is going to hit. Like this team probably finishes top ten in OPS, but that's probably the only stat they finish in yeah. the top ten over their entire team.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't hate the bench either. Ref Snyder was a lefty to bench is great.
1: I think. Yeah, I think the bench is. I mean, obviously, it's not better than the uh, than the lineup, but. Having a bench like this is huge. Jorge Alfaro, really good athlete. Bobby yeah, Delbeck, say what you want,
0: but as a like as a bench I'm, guy that can leave the yard. Any at bat. I love having a guy that at least you can pinch hit and he can run into one. Like that's, that's, that's good to have. Ref Snyder, again, great platoon guy. Hugh Chang has been swinging it in the WBC. We'll see how he does. And they've got some guys in the upper minors that, that could get some, some looks like Duran um, and, and Valdez as well. I, I think we're going to see a bounce back from, from Kike Hernandez, but I think it's important to note like, he has never played more than 150 innings at shortstop. So this is a guy, or he's never played more than 159 innings, excuse me. He played 159 innings back in 2018. That's it. So he's, I'm sure going to hold his own, but holding your own when you've got a guy that's, just learned how to hold his own at third base defensively. Second base with Arroyo, he's fine. Uh, and then we just talked about the outfield. Like this could be one of the worst defensive teams in baseball. And if Alfaro is catching, he's not a good catcher either. Um, Maguire is solid. Uh, that's that's my big concern. But I do agree. Like I, I think this team is going to hit. And I don't know if people are giving them enough credit offensively because Kike Hernandez can't be worse. I think Duvall is going to benefit from Fenway Park. People sleep on how good of a hitter's park Fenway is uh, Verdugo is playing for a contract. He's made it very clear that he wants he wants an extension and then we talked about some of the other guys that we think are going to hit just fine. So I think the offense will be good. I agree. I think it's going to be right around top 10 in OPS, but that's it with this team and and the pitching is, is
1: suspect too. Yeah, they can hedge losing Xander Bogarts by adding two bats like Casas and Yoshida, yes. but I wouldn't expect this offense to be better than it was last year. I expect it to be around the same. They finished ninth in OPS. I could easily see that while being one of the worst defensive teams. And you don't want a bad team on defense when you have this pitching staff. Corey Kluber, if I'm not mistaken, he is already banged up. But this rotation is really led by Chris Sale, who has looked good in spring training so far, which could be huge for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not a guy who ever wants to doubt Chris Sale. I think when Chris Sale is healthy, he is electric. He's been up to 95 in spring training. If that Velo was there, the problem with Sale is it hasn't really been just fatigue issues or, you know, the same arm injury that we're always dealing with. It's been a lot of freak injuries. Yeah. I remember when Chris Sale was rolling, he got hit in the in pinky the finger. finger. Yeah, and, and was bounced out of the game when he was on a roll already. Like Chris Sale, if healthy, is a very good pitcher. Yes. No doubt about it. But it's the rest of the rotation. Yeah. It's Corey Kluber going to be 37 years old. It's Nick Pavetta whose bread and butter used to be the curveball, but then he graded out as one of the worst pitches in Major League Baseball last year from a starter. Then you have Tanner Houck who's great out of the bullpen. We'll see how he is in the starting rotation. And then a guy like Cutter Crawford who just straight up wasn't very good for them yeah. last year. And right now they sit with... Garrett Whitlock who had hip surgery in September, James Paxton strained a hamstring. Brian Bayo is a guy who we both really like. And the underlying metrics say that he was one of the unluckier pitchers last year, but he's just banged up. Like the Red Sox do have depth. I don't think we can debate that. They have, they go eight strong because they have guys who at least can throw. Like if Cutter Crawford is the eighth best pitcher, he's a great eighth best pitcher. But with all these injuries, now that he's five, it's kind of similar to when we talk about the Yankees, that's trouble. Tanner Houck might be trouble, but when healthy, they look good. But right now, they're just not healthy in the rotation.
0: A hundred percent. And I also want to just one more wrap up note on on the offensive side of things. Trevor's story is going to be a godsend for them whenever he comes back. Hopefully, after the elbow surgery, his arm strength will be back, and maybe he can hold down shortstop a bit better. And then we'll see whatever the hell they get from Alberto Mondesi. Uh, but again, it's just another body that they could use and they're in there and a good bench player. Um, Bayo's a big X factor for me here on on the pitching side. If he can stay healthy, he has forearm tightness that was back in, in February. Uh, hopefully, just more precautionary. I agree with the underlying metrics, man, because you, you know I've loved this guy since he was a prospect. I was hyping him up on the call-up a lot uh when he was in the minors. And, uh you know, a little bit of a shaky start and then really settled in. I think he's extremely talented. But then you got Paxton, who has been often injured and then finally starts to look good in spring training strained hamstring so like what are you going to get from him i think you got to assume that that paxton's probably not going to give you much and, and anything you get from him is is kind of a bonus Kluber's out here throwing like mid 80s i i know yeah. he can get away with it because it's a cutter and whatever but like who is the two in this rotation? I, I think sale is going to be okay. I, I do believe in Chris sale, especially because he was looking fresh and then he messed his finger up. So I think the arm is going to be fresh. I do think he's going to be maybe the healthier uh, version of himself that he's been in a long time, but is Tanner Houck the two here? Like if Brian Bayo is hurt is, is, is that the most, second most reliable pitcher? Cause Nick Pavetta has been one of the worst qualified pitchers by ERA since 2021 in all of baseball. So like it, I like Houck, I think he could be a solid arm. Is that your two at this point? Garrett Whitlock has to be the two, right? It's coming off a hip
1: surgery. Yeah, but I mean, when healthy, he's great, and he's been facing live batters at least. Right now, I'm reading um, an article by um, Massachusetts Live, and he's you know he's at the point where he's facing live hitters in batting practice Um, again. Even they said in the article, it's it's an uphill battle. It's not something that we should guarantee by any stretch that he'll be back and fully healthy, um, even by opening day. But I think if we can get him back in the May range, that helps a he's lot. A good I like pitcher. he's a not good worried. Major. I'm not he's worried, worried to, but if we're asking the question, he is a good two. But I agree with you. It is it they have depth. But at the same time, it's it's thin here because like Chris Sale's the only pitcher that I really am confident in. Like Bayo and Whitlock, when they come back, again, they're banged up, but they both have good stuff. But like I don't have faith in Nick Pavetta. I don't have faith in Tanner Houck putting together an entire season. I think he can look good in spots and I think he's a great reliever. As was Garrett Whitlocks, so you take them out of the bullpen and you put them in the rotation, kind of similar to what we were talking about the San Diego Padres. It just it worsens your bullpen. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that they're going to be great
0: in the rotation. The one thing I'll give them is, you know, I think knowing that they were going to subtract from their bullpen instead of going out and trying to to sign or bring back a Michael Walker or go get a mediocre starter. They said, hey, I, we think Tanner Houck can be better than, you know, maybe some of the other starters on the market. And instead, we're going to sign a Chris Martin who will fill that Tanner Houck role in the bullpen and put Tanner Houck. In the rotation, I do think how has that that ability to be like a a fringe three solid four starter. He's super talented. He's still just 26. Um, So, you know, I I think he can be good. But I see what you're saying about, like, weirdly deep, but also thin, because you have a lot of arms and volume, but not a lot of guys that you could really. Put him in Sharpie in the rotation and say this guy's going to be, you know, reliable all year long. And so at least they have other guys that they can plug and play. And if if is a disaster, uh, then you can try Paxson. If Paxson's hurt, you know, you could try somebody else. But um, I think they really need a healthy Brian Bayo. And, and I'm I'm really hoping that he is healthy. And I think they got to get something out of Tanner Houck in terms of being more than just that swingman type being more of a solid four or, or like low end three starter Chris sale is going to have to set the tone though too. So there's just so many ifs that I am worried it could all work out, but there's a scenario here where this is a disaster and, and possibly one of the worst rotations in baseball. If it doesn't go well, um, I don't think it'll go that poorly. I don't think everything will go right. And I think they're going to be one of the bottom, you know, Eight or so rotations in baseball, just based off of where they've put themselves, uh, you know, and, and just the likelihood of of things going, you know, the way that they're probably going to go, just in terms of the kind of guys they have in that rotation. I will say though, I feel all right about the bullpen. I think they did a pretty good job of addressing the pen, and I, I don't think that's going to be a, a major Achilles heel for them. But again, we got to see what version of Kenley Jansen they get now with this pitch clock too. I'm sure he's been grinding his ass off to try to speed things up. It's so funny. I actually am more confident in the rotation. Wow, than really? In the
1: bullpen. And the reason being is because I do think Whitlock's going to come back. I do like Brian Bayo. I think Chris Sale has a good year. And then when you have Nick Pavetta and any combination of Kluber, Crawford, Hauk, Paxton, whatever, in the five spot, I'm more glass half full in the rotation. It's the bullpen that I'm glass half empty. Kenley Jansen is, you said it yourself, a pro prime candidate to really struggle when it comes to the pitch clock like one of the Guys, like we talk about Corey Seager in terms of the shipping banned, how he's going to hit much better. Kenley Jansen is the opposite when it comes to the pitch clock. And it's not like he was even that good last year. He led the I think he was one of the league leaders in saves. But a lot of numbers say he's majorly due for aggression. Like I didn't love the contract really at all. And I don't love it this year at 36 years old. I think Chris Martin is a good reliever. I don't really have any question marks about him, but at no, the I same time, solid. he is 37. John Schreiber was Fantastic for them last year, but he's 29 and he's never really showed it outside of last year. I will say that he has a good year. Fangraphs puts him at a three seven zero. I think that's likely. I don't think he's going to have this amazing. They hate relievers on Fangraphs.
0: They They really. really
1: Fangraphs hates relievers. Hates them. Hates them. They they think they all suck. Yeah, I agree. And like last year, he had a two two two. I don't. Maybe not a three seven, but not a two two. Right. Yeah.
0: No, no. But, you know, I, th- I think he's a good reliever. And then I I liked getting, is swapping out a Matt Barnes for a Richard Blyer. They didn't, they needed to get Barnes out of there. Blyer's a reliable middle, middle relief guy. I'm telling you, I watch like him. Joelly,
1: just- Joelly Rodriguez, like f- former Yankee. The dude is not good. Like he, right now, by Russell Resources, fourth. In their projected bullpen, that is not someone you want to go to in the sixth inning. Maybe a lefty specialist. Yeah. And Richard Blyer. I mean, it's just the top Bly- three. Blyer's ha- all right. Blyer's all right. He's all the right. The top three have to outperform expectations for yes. this bullpen to be okay. Yeah. And they were 26th in bullpen ERA last year, which is not a perfect stat, but. In whip, they were 21st. In walks, they were 25th. And strikeouts, they were only 15th. Hits, they were 22nd. Home runs, they were 18th. Like, overall, there wasn't a lot to look forward to, and I don't think it's that much better. So I would say I'm actually more worried about the bullpen than the yeah. rotation, but I think we're both aligned. There's just don't believe in the pitching that much. Like, a yeah. lot
0: has to go right for them to be good. Not even great. Not even great. Yeah, you know, and, and here's the problem. And the last thing I'll say is if the rotation falters, then likely the bullpen suffers as well, because one, well, one, you're going to be going to the bullpen earlier, but two, you're not going to be able to, to have some of those guys potentially go to the bullpen that, that you, you wanted to initially or had in the bullpen last year, like a Tanner Houck, you know, like some of the other guys that we mentioned, even a cutter Crawford and middle relief, like those guys might end up be make, being, you know, more active in, in the rotation than they were in the bullpen. So, yeah. I, I mean, the pitching as a whole is a question and I, and I am worried about it. And and I'm very interested to see how they piece it together. But as you kind of walk through the rotation, I could see a scenario where they piece it together. Right. You know, as you talked about with with a healthy sale, with Kluber holding it down as still a reliable back end of the rotation guy and then having a healthy Bayo. And, and, and I think Hauk is a fine four. I really do. So they 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 could piece together the rotation. I, Chris Martin was one of the best relievers in baseball in the second half. So if he can continue that, I'll feel a little bit better about that bullpen, but yeah, there there's a lot of questions on the pitching front and I am very curious to see how they handle it if it's a disaster from the get-go. What do they do? You know, do they do they you know, keep trying Hawk? Do they keep trying some of these guys that, you know, have been injured and and just See if they can figure it out. It's going to be very fascinating to see how how the Red Sox approach this. But at least the offense, I think, won't feel the loss of Xander Bogarts maybe as much as people think it will. Yeah, I think this is a
1: – they won 78 games last year. I think they'll be around that this yeah. year. I, I think 78 to 80 wins is likely. Yes. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, 83 and 79 last year. They finished 16 games behind the New York Yankees. Negative 14 run differential. Pretty good. Um, They didn't really score a lot of runs. Uh, They finished fourth in runs scored in their division, uh, but they had a pretty good pitching staff. They were fourth in both stats and runs scored and runs allowed, and they finished fourth in this division. Very good home team, struggled on the road, kind of similar to the Red Sox. Uh, And when you look at their team last year, The offense got better when, of course, you add a guy like Adley Rutschman and you add a guy like Gunnar Henderson. But over the entire season, they finished 20th in batting average and 20th in OPS. The starting rotation was the issue. They finished 21st in team ERA, but the bullpen was fantastic, finishing ninth in ERA When I look at this team this year, I expect Cedric Mullins to improve from a relative down year. It wasn't really a down year, it was just worse than wasn't as good as as the insane coming out party he had. Yeah but a hitter that i expect to even be better is anthony santander i really like him at 28 years old playing right field for the orioles they have guys like ryan mountcastle you know jorge mateo was good for them last year uh ramona might be on the bench because at third base gunner henderson is about to take hold let's really talk about some guys who we think will be key factors because Adley, we know what he's going to be. One of the best catchers in baseball, maybe the best catcher in baseball. We expect Gunnar Henderson to hit the ground running, whether it be at shortstop, whether it be at third base, like just a shower praise over them. Doesn't really do Orioles fans a lot of justice because we know what they're going to do. Cedric Mullins, we know he's going to be good. At the very least, at the
0: very least, he's an above average center fielder.
1: Exactly. We know Mountcastle is going to hit some home runs at first base, maybe even more. Anthony Santander, we know is going to be a good right fielder, but I think it's the... Kyle Stowers, it's the Austin Hayes, mm-hmm. it's the Ramon Arias, it's the Jorge Mateo, Stowers and Hayes. I know you're a big Stowers guy. Yeah. When you kind of compare Red Sox Orioles, the Red Sox have their mainstays, the Orioles have their mainstays, and then it's these key guys, Kyle Stowers. Tell Orioles fans what you expect from him this year.
0: Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Stowers fan, as you said, and and I think he's somebody that. I I really feel like figured something out last year in AAA simplified his swing, cut it down a little bit and put up great numbers and really cut down the swing and miss contact rates were up and the power was, was still there. Um, I I think he's going to be a really valuable piece for them. And he's still just turned 25 years old. He's got a combination of a little bit of power, a little bit of speed and and a good ability to get on base swing and miss a little bit, but I, I actually am. I would not be surprised if he's the more productive player between him and Austin Hayes. I'm actually very curious what they're going to get from Austin Hayes because this guy was fantastic in the first half and brutal in the second half. I've seen enough to where I think Stowers can be a 115 WRC plus guy, maybe even a little bit better than that and play good defense in a corner. Um, I'm curious to see what they get from Hayes because overall it was a good season from Hayes. But I think he hit 220 in the second half. He really, he really struggled uh, just to to do anything close to what he did in the first half. And the good news for for them, you know, the good news for the Orioles is they have a lot of other guys, you know, knocking on the door. Uh, but that is that is a guy that I'm I'm very interested to see how he does after a slower second half and and a really exciting coming out party in the first half.
1: Then you look at second base, and I think that's their big hole because right now they have Adam Frazier slotted as the opening day second nice baseman. Bat. And both of us hate it. We just don't think that he... Sh- I think it's sh- like, why isn't Jorge Mateo in this? Why, is- why isn't Ramona Rios playing second base? Yeah, Ramona like, Rios why- is really better than him. I why guess. did the Orioles decide to do this? It makes no sense to me. They could have given that $8 million to someone else, $11 million. I don't even know what it was because they don't really care because they shouldn't have done it, Aram. They
0: don't get it. And, and also, it's like Adam Frazier was like, I'm excited to get everyday reps. Like, they basically told him they're going to get everyday reps. He's going to get everyday reps. If Hayes... The one good thing about... Frazier is that if Hayes struggles, Frazier can go play a corner. If you need him at second, he can go play second. Like he's a great utility guy on the bench though. I don't know why he's playing every day. Um, this is one of those things too, where not only would I rather have Arias, I would rather probably have Taryn Vavra and see what he does. I would rather have Jordan Westberg. I would rather have Joey Ortiz. Those are two prospects that I really like in this. Like, there are so many guys that are close to big league ready that I would rather see get these at bats that I think could have more of an impact. Like Frazier is a bench guy. They're not paying him to be a bench guy. And when they didn't really address pitching, whatever they spent on, you know, the the Kyle Gibson, let's say, like I would have rather have them put Frazier's money on top of that and actually got a more impactful starter. Uh, That's the one spot that's really frustrating for me. I think this offense is going to be a force and and I just don't really get why they, they put Adam Frazier into the mix here when they've got, three guys knocking on the door and two guys on the bench who can play that position right now. And and I think put better offensive numbers up.
1: The reason I love this Orioles offense is because we are upset about one position that they have a ton of depth in. So let's say Adam Frazier does struggle and the Orioles come to their senses and they play anybody else we named we think that they're going to be a great team because you look up and down the lineup right now. I don't really see any weaknesses. Like with the Red Sox, there's weaknesses on defense. They're switching positions, but you look at this team up the middle, the defense is going to be great. Like Adam Frazier. Yeah. He's not going to hit it all, but if he's playing a good defensive second base, which I know he can. Yeah. And then you have Jorge Mateo and you have Cedric Mullins in center and Adley Rutschman at catcher. That is such good defense. And then Gunner, a natural shortstop playing third. Oh, he, he'll be fantastic there. Ma- Mountcastle's decent at first base. Like Hayes can play the outfield. This is a good overall offense really good defense and defense. Yes. Like that's what they pair. That's better than the Red Sox. The Red Sox might finish slightly higher in OPS. They might, but give me the Orioles offense as a whole when you add in defense. Like I think this unit as a whole is better than the Red Sox, but the Red Sox might have better counting numbers when the year ends on offense, but that's not everything. Right. Of course. And how about
0: speed too? Right. I yep. mean, And you get a guy like Cedric Mullins, who's probably going to steal 30 bags. You got somebody like Gunnar who's good for 15 to 20 Santander, maybe not the biggest burner, but then he got Stowers who can, who can sneaky, you know, run a little bit. Mateo flies. Adam Frazier is an above average runner. Austin Hayes is is at least average or better runner. Like they've got a lot of speed and this is just going to be a a pain in the ass team to face. I think so. That's what I really like about them too. You get the defense, you get the speed, you got enough power. Um, But in that home stadium, you want to see the speed and defense because there's a lot of space out there. So I like what they've got brewing over here offensively. And they've got a lot of other options. If guys, you know, struggle that, you know, we thought might, a little bit better like a Hayes or a Stowers or a, and a great and a great bench like we said so they yeah. have plenty of depth and not
1: only on their major league roster it's on the minor league team as well but the rotation
0: i was gonna say do rotation. you feel better about this rotation or the red sox rotation
1: i feel better about the red sox rotation i think i do too because yeah. kyle gibson is slated to be the one cole irvin is slated to be the two kyle bradish who did have a great second half with the emergence of that breaking ball looked much better Dean Kramer had a great year last year, but the underlying metrics are horrific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not maybe he could be a guy who outperforms them, but
0: even th- even if he
1: outperforms them by a good margin, he's not he's not. Yeah, he's good. regressing to a four year. And then it's yeah. Grayson, who we fully expect to be great. But again, he's a rookie. Like, yeah, guys can hit a rookie wall. He's also going to be on an innings limit. He's not going to be able to throw 200 innings this year. In two years, he might win a Cy Young, But in 2023, what should
0: we expect from him? So that that's I'm glad you teed me up for Grayson because this was a guy I wanted to talk about. I've seen him drop a little bit on prospect rankings. Ve- very small. It's relative, right? But yeah, like four to eight it, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, people were talking about his stuff backing up a little bit last year when, when he was dealing with that like lad injury. Um, his stuff's all the way back. His velocity's all the way back. He's averaging 97 miles an hour uh in spring training right now. Uh his his breaking ball is sliders right back into the low 80s again. He he's all the way back stuff wise. He's going to be a dude, but he's not going to be ace Grayson Rodriguez from day one. I think that'd be ridiculous to to assume. I think he could be a solid middle of the rotation starter from the jump for them, which is awesome. And that's probably their best. It's probably their ace. If he's if he's an MLB number three, he's their ace, which says a lot, right? Like if you told ask me who is going to lead this rotation in F4. I'm taking Grayson Rodriguez and I'm not blanking. And the fact that I'm taking a rookie and not even thinking about it says a lot, says a lot about this rotation. I didn't hate the Cole Irvin pickup because I think that's like a guy that you can at least pencil in for a, a fours, a low fours ERA, which they needed guys like that. Like Irvin is better than the other guys that they've got, which I think are potentially five ERA guys. Um, but like, is Irvin their second best pitcher? I think, uh, I mean, I do
1: like Bradish. I think that the evolution of that slider was big for him. And that second half, he did look a lot better. The problem is his fastball is bad. It's real, real bad. But we talked about him when we were talking about worse and best pitches that throwing the slider more, getting more of his secondaries involved. I think that he can compete with Cole Irvin for that second best pitcher. And I think, but at the end of the day, like both, Bradish and Irvin are more like fours rather than they're twos. not disasters, at least Too no, they're not disasters. they are guys who might give up four and the offense is going to have to score five, which could happen. Yeah. And they end up having fine years. But Grayson is going to really have to perform yep. to lift this uh, rotation uh, behind the bottom 10 where like the Orioles don't have a Chris sale. No, that's like they don't even thing. they don't even have a Garrett Whitlock. I don't think. No, like I think Garrett Whitlock when healthy is a better pitcher than anyone. The Orioles have and yeah. Brian Bayo at least has major league experience with which Grayson doesn't. Like no, that's and, why and, I just I lean towards that one because the Orioles also don't really have much depth outside of John Means who had Tommy John surgery in April of last year and should be back this year who could
0: be big for them. That but huge. again, coming off elbow injury. Like exactly. We it, have no idea means is going to be huge for them because like that that's their only like established dude that i'd be like okay that guy should should have a sub for you all right but guys don't always come back from tommy john surgery you know commanding their stuff great i think it's come gotten to the point where they come back and you know that the velocity is going to be there for the most part some guys it takes a little bit longer like we don't know what john means is going to look like and, and you can't really count on that but there's a legit chance that john means like by the time he comes back is their most reliable arm, which is ridiculous to say again. I don't know how the Orioles can justify just, just not addressing the rotation. Like we were begging them to sign Michael Waka, for goodness sake. Like, why didn't they go after anybody better than Kyle Gibson and Cole Irvin? I don't know. Uh it's gonna be interesting because somebody like Dean Kramer could be a disaster for them. I, I, I hear you on Braddish, I think he could figure it out but he could be a disaster for them. Kyle Gibson was a disaster in the second half. Like there's a legitimate chance where the only guys that are giving you quality starts are, are Grayson Rodriguez and, and maybe one of the aforementioned guys that I, that we just went through. And like, that's kind of a problem. So the good news for them though, is the bullpen yeah. should be able to shorten the starts from some of the mediocre guys in the rotation. What they have that the Red
1: Sox don't, and while I'm more confident in the Red Sox rotation, I'm much more confident in the Orioles bullpen. Yeah, yes, you gave away Jorge Lopez, which was a big blow, but they could do it because they have Felix Bautista, maybe the best. Maybe I was going to say, is he the best closer in the American League East? Is he better than Jordan Romano? I would say so. Is he better than Kenley Jansen? I would say so. Is he better than a LeWise or Clay Holmes with the Yankees? When those guys are
0: on, like those guys are some of the best in base. Felix Bautista is always on.
1: Yeah, that's true. Last year, he's always on. Like, I would take Felix Bautista. Like, if Felix Bautista was on the Yankees, he's their closer,
0: I think. No, I I agree, especially with how big he is. And just he just comes right at you. I I think that's they have a guy and that Pete they can move on and, with the Rays. Pete Fairbanks with
1: the Rays. Maybe you take him. But like, I mean, Felix Bautista was unbelievable last year. And then yeah. they have Sinal Perez, too. Like, that's a great back to back duo
0: in the bullpen. A hundred percent. And then I like the Michael Givens pickup. Get a vet in there, too. Right. Like a, a, for him to pitch the sixth and seventh. that's. That's. Pretty solid, right? Like that's a good sixth or seventh inning guy. It's been a little inconsistent, but at the end of the day, like you can rely on him to to be a solid, solid arm for you. I liked Andrew Politi, the rule five pickup from Boston. I was surprised that, that the Red Sox left him unprotected there. Um, they, The Red Sox left two arms unprotected that I was I was actually surprised about Um, what with Thad Ward use? as well. Thad Ward could have been a, a legitimate piece for them. Instead, they went with David Hamilton, a speedy utility player, which that, that just blows my mind because uh, those are two guys that I think could have really helped them. So uh, Austin Voth is probably their like sacrificial lamb guy. Uh, everyone needs one of those. Uh, but I, I think the back end with Sino Perez, Felix Bautista, Michael Givens, Keegan Aiken, uh, even great. I think is great. Is- he was great last year. And the,
1: the he was a bad starting pitcher, really bad. Yes. But we've seen the Orioles do this before where they struggle in the rotation. Then they come into the bullpen and the Orioles fix them up a little bit. And Keegan Aiken is their next guy. Remember, Zach Britton started as a starter and then developed into one of the best bullpen arms in baseball. Now, yeah. Keegan Aiken is not Zach Britton, but he still did put up a 3-2 ERA with strikeouts in 81 innings. Like then they have Brian Baker. They have Tyler Wells, who I do think could be a. You know, kind he of might be a rotation guy for that. He might be a rotation guy like this is a good bullpen. They have depth and they only need four to five from their rotation because yeah. they can make it through unsimilarly to the Red Sox where they need their rotation to step up. And while I believe in that more than the Orioles I from top up to bottom from the number one starter to the last bullpen guy, I like the Orioles pitching unit better, but from the top five, in the rotation, give me the Red Sox. But again, it's close because neither are that intimidating.
0: Also, Dylan Tate, he, he's, I believe, through recently
1: yeah, coming back from flexor. an injury. Yeah, strain flexor.
0: So, I mean, if Tate Tate was on on our best pitches, right, what, what didn't he have one of the one of the best pitches and base the sinker? the sinker yeah. was
1: unbelievable last year.
0: So, I mean, that's another guy. You don't need him to be the eighth inning guy. He could be the sixth or seventh inning guy. So they can really shorten starts. And I think that's the approach here from the Orioles. So at least they have a fallback plan. Uh, you know, if the rotation is a total disaster, it's going to be. that bullpen shortening starts and you know it it could work it's a lot of it's it's a hard to do for 162 uh, but it it will help hedge some of the you know major rotation questions that we have I think the Red Sox have more upside than the Orioles because
1: if everything comes together the Red Sox could be very good yeah the thing is the Orioles have a higher floor and I'm willing to go with the team with the higher floor I think the Orioles finish fourth I'm really interested to see what DL Hall
0: does too. like if DL Hall can just remotely throw strikes. He's he's a guy that can be a rotation piece for them. But that's another guy that if he's not sticking in the rotation, you throw him in the bullpen. Now their bullpen might be one of the best in baseball because I think DL Hall's got it down enough to be a good reliever. And he showed stretches of that at the end there when they were using him out of the bullpen. If D.L. Hall is in that bullpen, too, that might be one of the best bullpens in baseball. That's one way to circumvent a really iffy rotation.
1: The Tampa Bay Rays finished 86 and 76 last year. Uh, playoff team. They were 13 games back behind the Yankees. Um, again, really good team at home, really struggled on the road, but finished with a 52 plus run differential, plus 52. Uh, they didn't score a lot, but they barely gave up any runs. They finished second in runs allowed in the AL East last year while finishing last in runs scored and if we look at just how they finished last year as a team, they finished 17th in batting average, 25th in OPS as a team. They just did not swing it last year, but pitching is their game. Starting pitchers finished third in ERA in all of baseball, and the relief pitchers finished seventh in ERA, sixth in whip. This team is going to pitch again. They have elite pitchers from top to bottom. And I, but I think. To figure out whether the Rays make more of a statement than finish 86 wins and kind of get bounced a little early in the playoffs, is are they going to hit this year? Yeah. Yanni Diaz had a 146 (laughs) WRC plus. Yeah. He really does hit. His problem is playing third base, but. We ranked him as a third baseman that might have been a mistake by us because he's probably going to play a lot of first base this Mm -hmm. year as Isak Paredes, who was pretty solid for them last year, is going to man third base wander. I mean, he could lead the league in hits if he just stays healthy. Big game. Randy Nuff said Brandon louds about staying healthy. Harold Ramirez somehow was amazing for them in the DH role. And yeah. Now he's probably going to keep hitting because that's the Rays way. Manuel Margot is fantastic when healthy. Christian Bethancourt can really hit as a catcher. And then they have Jose Siri, who's one of the best defenders in the outfield in Major League Baseball. But with this team, it looks good on paper, right? Yeah. All those names I said. There's no
0: real weaknesses in this lineup. The problem is staying healthy. Yeah. That that's the thing. But, you know, we we go into the year assuming they're going to be more healthy than last. And and under that assumption, that means they're going to get 80 more games of Wanda Franco, 100 more games of Brandon Lau. That's two of their best hitters. So right there, I mean, that offense has to improve. Um, then you look at some of the guys that they have potentially that that could be coming up. You know, I think Curtis Mead is making a really strong case to break in with this ball club. And now if that gives you the opportunity to use Paredes as more of that platoon guy who crushes lefties and Mead. He could be a rookie of the year. I, I mean, that that's how good the bat is. That's how powerful and he's the blend of like above average hit tool plus power that guy could be a real impact right away i love jonathan aranda i think you got the freshman or the, the freshman the rookie struggles out of the way um and, and is able to kind of i think he's going to be a guy that's going to hit for them too and then mejia it's a split in time with benton court that that's pretty solid behind the behind the dish this team is going to be better offensively and I, I don't see how they aren't similar or at least maybe even a little bit better on the pitching side glass now is already hurt but they didn't have him at all last year. You assume they're gonna have more of him this year. You got McClanahan, you got Rasmussen, you got F1, you got you got the whole, the whole team basically with Springs and Patino and you added Eflin. I'm interested. Like, I think this team can only be better offensively and I think they should be the same, if not better pitching wise, the Rays should be an improved ball club this coming season. I don't really see how they aren't. Uh, and they were like the most injured team, maybe in baseball last year, in terms of all of the guys they had hitting the shelf from the bullpen to the, to the lineup, to the rotation. Even, I mean, this team was, was bludgeoned last year.
1: Bludgeoned. And what I know about the rays, do they get bludgeoned two years in a row? Because When I look at this Rays team, I think it might be the most complete in the entire division on paper right now before guys get injured, of course. Because if we what we can't do is just assume that they're going to get hurt. What we can do if guys are already hurt is say, well, it's not starting off well for them. But right now, as we sit here today, we are recording on Tuesday, March 14th. You're going to hearing this on March 15th. This, in my opinion, is the best team in the division. This Tampa Bay Rays team, most well rounded. Yeah, where is the weakness in the offense? Like you could say Jose Siri because he's not going to hit, but find me a couple better defensive center fielders in Major League Baseball. The combination of Bethancourt and Francisco Mejia is a great catching platoon. Yeah, Isak Paredes and Yanni Diaz on the corners is very underrated. Warner Franco. We expect him to become one of the best shortstops in baseball. Randy, say what you want, 21 bombs, 25 stolen bases plus. Yeah. Really good player. Brandon Lau can hit 40 home runs. Harold Ramirez continues his success. Manuel Margot, when he plays, he's a great player. And then we haven't even talked about the pitching. Right now we're just talking about
0: offense. And, and Josh There's Lowe. No way, yeah, I, we can I think Josh with, Lowe is going to do stuff this year. Like, I, I do think he's an option to do stuff. Uh, I think he's going to do some stuff, man. Like he's he's got twenty twenty upside. I, I'm still a Josh Lowe believer.
1: So are we buying into the Rays because now let's talk about the pitching staff. Because this team scored the least amount of runs. They finished seventeenth in average, twenty fifth in OPS. Like I think if this team can be in the upper half, let's say they finish eleventh in net batting average and fifteenth in OPS, this is a ninety two win team with that. Because yeah. yeah. if they're not and A lot of their starting rotation and bullpen got hurt last year, and they still dominated on both sides, and they play defense, and they have a great manager in Kevin Cash, and there's that element of, all right, we got disrespected last year. Like, this is the year, right? I'm really excited for this Rays team. I'm more excited about this Rays team than I am about the two teams we're about to talk about who finished above them.
0: No, I hear you there. Um, and and I, I think somebody that is going to be, you know, kind of a big X factor for them, aside from the obvious of like, can Tyler Glass now stay healthy? Of course, can one of the best pitchers in baseball stay healthy? That will help you a lot. Luis Patino, he's looked good in spring training. Um, He looked healthy, finally, at the end of last year. He's sitting 95 uh, in spring training right now. And the slider looks nasty so I don't know how they plan to use him if they're going to try him as a starter which might be risky given his injury risk injury issues but like, this is a guy that's just also added into the fold here um, I, this is just a good rotation man my my biggest concern is the the double injury issues of McClanahan and Glass now because there's a very very feasible scenario where I mean Glass already heard McClanahan got a shoulder shot at the end of last year those guys could both go down I think they find a way to piece it together and they'll they'll still hang around. But this team has a lot more of the look of last year if both of those guys go down. Um, so they need one of them at least to stay healthy. And I think they can get one of them to stay healthy. Uh, but if both are healthy, th- this team could be the favorite to win the division. Because, you know, Glass now is hurt. He's not going to be on the opening day roster, but he's not gone. No, it's oblique. It's not. It's not his arm again or anything like that. It's. It's been. It's been the year of the oblique already with, with all the six, guys going down. Six,
1: six weeks. He'll be back in May, and he's going to join a rotation with Shane McClanahan, who does have that. But let's say he only gives you 150 innings this year, and he's healthy for opening day. At least right now, as we sit here today, and we record. He's going to give you 150 great innings. Yes, Drew Rasmussen. Have you seen this man? Yeah, he's grills. he is so good, dude. What's going yeah. on here? Why is he so amazing? It's because it the evolution sense. of the breaking ball, and the Rays just put him in their lab and gave him some <laughs> superpowers, and now he's great. Yeah, like he was so good for the Rays last year. Zach Efflin, again, we talked about him, one of these fantasy baseball guys who a lot of you know definitely go check out the just fantasy baseball show with Colby and clay. I know they're on him. Like he is at least a five because I mean, dude, it it, brings and Tyler glass now
0: and Luis Patino and Taj Bradley. And it's, it is, it's loaded. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the the fact that they gave F one, three years, 40 male, like they they see something there that I think they can tweak and, and kind of get him, get him over the top. And then they've just got a lot of like, just, depth arms like a Yanni Chirinos, a Josh Fleming, like it just guys to step in when you need it. And then Bradley, when he's ready, don't sleep on Colby white too. That's one of my favorite uh, underrated names. One of the best fastballs in the minors was coming off of Tommy John. I think he should be up and have a chance to, to, to get into that bullpen as well. Like this bullpen is going to be classic race bullpen, but this one might be as, as good as, as ever. Um, especially if they can get some of the other guys back from injury, but um, yeah, I, I'm in on the race, man. I, I definitely am. This team is a lot better than it was last year, and they've got a lot more reinforcements. All those prospects are are knocking on the door of, of being ready. I think Mead will get a chance early in the season uh to, to be able to to break in with them, uh make you know a couple months in and, and offer that offensive boost. And then again, don't sleep on Aranda. And then what they could do with Isak Perez is move him around
1: because if Curtis Meade is playing third and Yanni Diaz is playing first that's a great corner duo yep that can be great from the jump yep. and then you got Paredes to do whatever he wants and then Aranda, like they and then low in the outfield it's like if a guy goes down those yep. prospects they can mix and quite ready are more ready and they yeah. were already great prospects but let's talk about the bullpen to end on the raise because we agreed the raise bullpen is going to be great but Pete Fairbanks and Jason Adam as the one two that is so good that and yep. if they had Andrew Kittredge That's maybe the best one, two, three in baseball. I mean, and then you have like Colin Poche, you know, you have a couple other arms like Ryan Thompson, Jalen Beaks, Garrett Clevenger, who they got from the Dodgers, who was great for them last year. You know, he's going to be even better with the Rays. Of course, he's going to be because it's the Tampa Bay Rays like they from top to bottom. What is the Rays weakness? Because I can find weaknesses on the Yankees and the Blue Jays. The weakness for the Rays is health. I was to say health. Health but is the we weakness. Sit here today. What are we supposed to do? Just say yeah, they're going to get injured again. Like we can't do
0: that. So no. looking today, this is the most well-rounded team in the division. I think. I think. I think health is the biggest weakness, and this is the deepest they've been in a couple years. So that hedges the health concerns. Like let's say Manny Margot goes down again. Josh Law. Josh Law, who I think let's say actually Brandon be Lau better.
1: goes down again. Jonathan Aranda. Yep. Isak Paredes or Mead even I think Mead could even play second or he could play third because Isak Paredes is yeah. now playing second because he's yep. playing third like Wander Franco goes down who's it short that's 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 the one big issue
0: <laughs> that's the one guy you don't want going down yeah that's the one guy you don't want going but down, Taylor right? Wallace like he was kind of bad last year that was that was the issue that's the one guy like Wander is the one guy that there's, can't go down for. there's the hole If Wander goes down, they might be in
1: trouble, but he's been going down like, let's see a full season out of him. And we're expecting it. There's no reason not. Yeah. And let's say he doesn't go down and he becomes the Wander we all think he can be. That's amazing. Like he hasn't really given them much over. He's played 168 games in his entire career. Yeah. Imagine if he gives you 150 this year of what we think from Wander Franco. I love this Rays team. Big believer in them this year. Next up is the Toronto Blue Jays who finished 92 and 70 last year plus 96 run differential. They were great at home and they were great on the road. Overall, this is a very good Blue Jays team. And I think you and I might disagree on if they make that next jump. But I think both of us view this Blue Jays team as a playoff team. We're both aligned on that. I think we just have to debate what their ceiling and their floor is. But what we do know for sure is this team is going to hit. They finished first in batting average of all teams last year, third in OPS. That is no joke, and they're going to do that again. But it comes down to pitching for them. 18th in ERA as a staff, 15th in WHIP, and on the relief side, 13th in ERA, and 10th in WHIP. It's not bad pitching, but it hasn't been great pitching but let's start with the offense because it's just straight up fun to do. Like the Rays, you know, could maybe bang with them if they stay fully healthy, but even if the Blue Jays don't stay fully healthy, they're going to bang with anybody. Vladdy, yeah, he's going to go crazy this year. Bo Bichette, I fully expect to go crazy this year. Dalton Varsho loved the pickup. George Springer when healthy is still elite. Alejandro Kirk established himself as one of the best overall catchers in baseball. Matt Chapman He's in a contract year. That's huge. And we know he's going to pick it even if he doesn't hit. But even if he doesn't hit, the home runs are still going to be there for him. Yeah. Brandon Belt. Love that addition. They needed that other lefty. They got him Whit Merrifield. Whatever he gives you, he's going to give you just good baseball knowledge.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, He's going to steal bags. I think he's going to steal bags and Kevin Kiermaier
1: can't really hit but you don't you're not paying him to hit you're paying him to be a flying dutchman out there in center field. Yeah. Not only is this team great offensively, maybe they took a slight step back. I think losing Teoscar Hernandez is tough. Like they gave up Lourdes Gurriel Jr. who was a great hitter for them last year, but top to bottom, this unit, like when we talk about how the Red Sox might be better offensively than the Orioles, the unit is better for Baltimore because of the defense. This overall unit for Toronto they might take a slight step back. They might finish sixth in OPS instead of third or something, but their defense is going to be much better, making this overall unit better than it was last year.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Dalton Varsho can give you what you got from Tay Oscar last year offensively, and then you're going to get. Exponentially better defense from Varsho. So, standing, like in terms of is he, war, is he gonna like, be
1: is he gonna be as good as Tioscar offensively? Tioscar Hernandez last year was so freaking good. What did he so do?
0: Good. I thought he was like a 123 WRC plus. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Yeah, Dalton Varsho at least
1: was a 106 WRC plus guy, 27 bombs, 16 stolen bases, but didn't oh, get yeah, on yeah. base that much. Teoscar's a really yeah, good. Teoscar hitter, but, yeah, Teoscar was 129. Probably not going to match
0: that. But, but he'll was will, much better defensively. He'll exceed the war, for sure. Um, I agree. So yeah, they, they might take a slight step back offensively. The defense, I think, is going to be Way better because you get Kiermaier and center, as you mentioned, you move Springer to right where I think he's going to be a plus defender and hopefully stay healthy. And then, you know, what you've got with Chapman at third. And then, of course, I think Varsho might be the best left fielder in baseball defensively um, if he's consistently playing out there. And then is Danny Jansen like the best bench bat in baseball, like yeah, off of what he yeah. did last year? Like how many other like like relegated to the bench bats, are there going to be that are much better than that? I There might not be many. And if Brandon belt, isn't Brandon belt, like if he Danny isn't, Jansen. isn't what we were hoping, then Danny Jansen's your DH and you're not worried about it. So I love their depth offensively. Santiago Espinal is great as well. Defense and at least a league average hitter. This is, this is a really, really loaded lineup that I think is going to be again in the top three and and almost every offensive statistic and then they've gotten better defensively as well which i think is good when you consider that we're not the most optimistic about their pitching at least they've got guys that can run it down in the outfield
1: yeah that's big too and yeah as a unit they are definitely better i guess i we can't do this or at least i can't do this is Ding them for potential health issues today as we sit here. Yeah, what I am like, I am worried about the Rays. I'm not not saying that I'm not, but Springer has dealt with his injuries. Brandon Belt, like, let's see him stay healthy. Whit Merrifield is getting up there in age at 34 years old. Kevin Kiermaier is not a young chicken anymore. They do have depth though, but when healthy, and what we're talking about today is when healthy. They are amazing. They could be the best in baseball.
0: They could be. I think offensively, plus defense, like we talked about with the O's, like this could be the unit up there with the Astros and, you know, the, the best teams in baseball.
1: So the Blue Jays traded Gabriel Moreno for Dalton Varshow, and he was their best offensive prospect, at least his best overall prospect. And they have Ricky Tiedemann. They have guys. Otto Lopez, we've seen in the World Baseball Classic. Is he a guy who could maybe make an impact? The Rays have so much depth in the minor leagues. Guys ready to come up. Do the Blue Jays have that?
0: Not really. Uh, They've got two guys competing in the WBC who are probably the only two guys that I think could fill in if needed. It's Spencer Horwitz and it's Otto Lopez. Um, Those guys, to me, though, are more depth pieces so they don't have anybody kind of like knocking on the door like a Curtis Mead or like some of the other guys the one guy that is knocking on the door as we get to the pitching side though is, is a Ricky Tiedemann who I think could force his way up there but offensively it's it's got to be this group or the bench uh, otherwise yeah things are not going well if if Spencer Horowitz is in there <laughs> or if Otto Lopez is in there there you go so the Blue Jays they just need
1: to stay healthy but there's no reason to believe that they shouldn't but Maybe they don't have the prospect capital, but when you have Danny Jansen on your bench and Santiago Espinal plus Kevin Biggio, if he can give you anything, this is a very good offensive unit. But the pitching is where I have my concerns. Yeah, Alec Manoa for some reason is projected a three seven five ERA, and it's because <laughs> his underlying metrics were not good. But a three seven five is just over aggressive. He should be in the three three to three four range by some of those numbers. But I do think more he's a 2.9 to 30 ERA guy. I still think that he's very good. Gosman, at this point, we know we're going to get dominant. Great pitcher. If talking about underlying metrics, they think he should be even better than what he was last year, which was great. But then we get two, three through five. And this is why I am a raise over Blue Jays guy, because from one, the top of the rotation to the bottom of the bullpen, I think this Rays team blows them out of the water. And if the Rays stay healthy offensively, they're not to the Blue Jays standards, but they're at least in the upper half of baseball, maybe even the top 10. But glass half full approach, Barrios bounces back. Bassett looks great again. And you say Kikuchi looks like more what he did in Seattle. The question is, are you glass half full for them? or glass half empty. I lean glass half empty. Brios has real issues with that fastball. He just saw it in the world in. baseball Classic. Yeah. Like, this is not, you know, we're not seeing anything else. This might just be a problem. Chris yeah. Bassett, he was good with the Mets, but he really slowed down at the end of the year, and he's now 34 years old. And Yu Kikuchi has looked great in spring. I'm more confident about Yu Kikuchi than I have been in a while. But yeah. overall, I don't know how good this back
0: end is. Dude, I I can't give away Jose Barrios in my dynasty fantasy league. Um, Like he's he's a problem. Like it's we just saw him get shelled in the World Baseball Classic. Like that fastball is batting practice. It was one of the most demolished pitches in baseball. We talked about it. I don't feel good about Barrios. I I actually think if I had to bet on one guy bouncing back, I think I'd bet on Kikuchi. um, From what we've seen so far this spring, Um, and, and just the fact that he has better stuff I think Bassett's gonna be a fine arm for them like I I think he's gonna be okay I'm not as worried about him I'm terrified about Barrios and I think just if Manoa naturally regresses he was uh, what was he 2-2 last year like he was yeah like it's a joke uh this rotation is maybe league average or slightly below so that that is a concern um I think Barrios, we talk about X factors. That's the X factor. Like he doesn't even need to be good. Can he just not suck? Like if Barrios is a four ERA, I feel a lot better about this team, but I don't have a lot of confidence that he could be a four. Um, and, and, and like we've talked about, they don't have a ton of depth. You, you hope that Hyunjin Ryu can come back maybe at some point and 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 help out. But what are you going to get from him? He's 36 off of Tommy John. Can Ricky Tiedemann? Come up and help you. Maybe he has not been stretched out whatsoever in the minor leagues. I could I would see them being very careful with him and almost potentially using him more as a reliever later in the year. Um, so I don't, I don't know. The the rotation I'm I'm worried about for sure. And I think that's a big separator for the Rays here. Um, because we're talking about a 162 game season. You need to have guys that you can trust one through five. And and I really only trust one two and a half. <laughs> like that's really it for me. And then Ross Tripling is gone. Yeah. Is
1: there anyone on the Blue Jays outside of Minora Gosman who you think replicates a 303
0: ERA? You're you're praying Chris Bassett, but I don't think he replicates that. I think I that's so either. I think he could be cl- close. I think he'd be in shouting distance. I think he'd be good at three five. Three four mm, three five. That's
1: pretty damn good. I don't I think, know. I think it's more three nine four. Ugh. That's me though. I, yeah. I I know you do not you 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 do not like Bassett, which I, I understand. Think, I just think the arm's slowing down a little bit. I think he'll still be good. I think he'll still eat innings, but I just wouldn't expect the Chris Bassett that we've seen in previous years. But while I'm low on the rotation, I'm actually higher on the bullpen that I think a lot of people are. They've improved it. It's it's real good. Like, yeah. I don't think it's quite to the raise standards, but I do think when we talked about top 10 bullpens, it was right there. Jordan Romano was an excellent closer. No yes. doubt about it. Eric Swanson is fantastic. Really liked him with Seattle. Of course, Van Grafst thinks he's going to suck. But like yeah, that's well. Van Graff, we think he's going to be good. Yimi Garcia, if we're talking about best pitches. His fastball was up there. Yeah. he can pitch. Anthony bass. I know you former Marlin. He was great when he came over to Toronto and as a
0: six inning guy, that's a great pitcher. Bass is good. Bass figured something out. Bass figured something out. I mean, he was good with the the Marlins. Six inning guy. It's a great sucked, 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 sucked for the Marlins. Then the next, like literally Marlins fans didn't want to pick up like his like $1 million option. Like they were like, just, just scrap that. He he was really good. Once he was removed from the closer role. Anytime he's in the seventh and eighth, lights out. Closer sucked, so now he's going to be what sixth or seventh for them. That's fantastic. He'll be fine for them. Um, I, I think that this bullpen is is really solid. Like it, this is the best Jays bullpen we've seen in a while. I mean, that's why I like the Swanson pickup. I agree on Yimmy and Bass, and then even Adam Simber, like that was sneaky good last year. This is a lot of Marlins castoffs, but they seem to help these Marlins castoffs <laughs> figure it out. Even Trevor Richards is that like. Bulk innings eater. Same with Mitch White. At least those two guys you can plug into the rotation for spot starts too. Like they're not disastrous. They have big league success under their belt. Like this team just has a lot of arms, which is good. Um, and I do, I do like the bullpen too, though. And and Tim Tim Meza is no no slouch either. Yeah, Tim Meza. They it's mostly right handed, but having Meza back
1: there that helps at least when they have a lefty in him. But. When I look at the Blue Jays team and I'm going to be called anti Blue Jays because I'm called anti Blue Jays every year until they (laughs) prove to me that they are better than what they show because social media, you know, we put out top tens and the one fan base who always disagrees with us every single time is Blue Jays fans. Mm -hmm. They think Vladdy's the best first baseman. They think Bo Bichette might be the best shortstop. They (laughs) think Noah's the best pitcher in baseball and Kevin Gosman is the second best. And it's like, we're hating on them. When in reality, I say this every year, I plant my flag and say, prove it to me no. because last year, right? They were also the shiny team. They had all of these guys too, but they had T Oscar and they had Lordy scurril jr. They had Kirk. Who we expected. We expected Gosman to come over and pitch great. We expected Barrios to look good. Yes. Yeah, we did like, and then he fell off. Manoa pitched great, but there's the underlying metrics. Like, this team is not that much different than last year. They're not so much better where it's like 92 goes to a hundred. I don't see it. Can I give you one wild card too? Yeah. Uh, obviously, absolutely. this this is not this is not gonna like but with that said, people. I'm being negative. I think they're a playoff team. I okay. think they're one of the best teams in the American league.
0: It's just when they're fighting between the Rays and the Yankees, I I think they finish third. Yeah. And that's fair. That's fair. Um, one other note on the bullpen and a guy that could push this bullpen over the top and, and make it elite. Nate Pearson looks healthy man and if they, they're not using Nate Pearson the starter this is Nate Pearson the reliever this might be the way that he stays healthy uh he's sitting 98 99 in spring mm. training and in winter ball and I was watching some of the winter ball strikes he looks good the slider looks good if this guy is their middle reliever <laughs> you know and, and maybe pitches his way into high leverage that's another nasty bullpen arm another team that can shorten starts with those iffy 345 starters so uh, I'm interested to see what they get from Pearson this year too that's true I didn't give enough credit to that because
1: I do like their bullpen and if I'm so worried about the rotation hold each team the same right they will be able to shorten games because I do like the bullpen no doubt about it and they're gonna hit they might just win a bunch of seven five games that might just be what they do. Another mm-hmm. team where we should be looking at overs because they are going to hit and they are going to play defense, which again is going to help the pitchers. But you can't help Jose Brios on defense when he's allowing 39 home runs in a season. You just you can't. can't do it. You
0: can't you can't rob a home run from the 20th row. You
1: can't. But I do like the Blue Jays. I know you're higher on them. You like them to win the division. Potentially.
0: I I I'm I'm very interested in the Rays. I want to see, you know, I want to see some some more transparency on the, the situation with with Mead, with with what is going on with glass now and things like that but I, I think rays yankees blue jays are all right there but this is the first year where like i'm really considering the, the blue jays and that'll be a good teaser for our predictions episode i agree the new york yankees they finished 99 and
1: 63 last year plus 240 run differential They were unbelievable at home and even a good road team. The Yankees finished 15th in batting average, but fourth in OPS as a team. They finished fourth in starter ERA. They finished third in bullpen ERA. This team does look very good, but they have questions. Yeah, they do. Third base is where I want to start with Josh Donaldson because the Yankees love him on defense. They're paying him in the money. He's going to start at third base and he's going to suck. And I'm hoping DJ Lemayhew can play more third base for him. Yeah. Aaron Hicks in left field. I mean, is judge I was playing writing in my article. I, hold on. I was writing in my article. The Yankees had the best record at the trade deadline and Aaron Hicks had a 713 OPS newsflash. The Yankees didn't finish with the best record, and Aaron Hicks did not finish with a 713 OPS. He was not good. Yeah. You look at the shortstop position. Is it going to be Anthony Volpe? Is it going to be Oswald Peraza? IKF is taking reps in the outfield. What we do know is Jose Trevino is one of the best Defensive catchers in baseball. For my money, he's the best. By framing metrics, by most metrics, Jose Trevino was far and away the best defensive catcher in baseball. That is huge. Oswaldo Cabrera, wherever he plays, he put up a 111 WRC plus and one and a half war in 44 games. Yeah. He was great all over the field. DJ LeMay, he was back healthy. Now, he's not slated to start, I guess, in in the opening day lineup because you don't really know where to put him. But what I do know is that he's going to play five or six days a week and just we're going to have revolving off days. Anthony Rizzo going to be a huge benefactor of the shift. Tied his single season record for home runs last year with 32. You have Aaron Judge who's coming off an 11.4 F4 season and Gleyber Torres was much better at second base. And then Harrison Bader is dealing with an oblique injury to start the year. Common for Harrison Bader at this point to start years with injuries yes. and just be injured in general. But he's in a contract here. We expect him once he comes back to be good. And I assume it's going to be early May, late April. He's shut down for six weeks starting now. So that's about the timetable we should expect him at. This Yankees team arm finished fourth in OPS and first in home runs. Had a lot to do with that man, Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah. And it also had a lot to do with Giancarlo Stanton, who had 30 plus home runs. Yeah. They have a good offense. They do, but they have much more questions than the Blue Jays do.
0: I'm just worried about like I, the back half of that lineup, right? Like, I think counting wise, like the offense is going to produce because of Rizzo, Judge, Clayburn, Stanton. But like, when you're trying to win a ball game and like do up that inning is is Oswaldo Cabrera, Josh Donaldson, Aaron Hicks and Jose Trevino. Like, we aren't scoring. Yeah, you're not scoring. <laughs> like, we aren't that, scoring. That's crazy to me. Dude. And I, I don't know what DJ's health situation is, but and I know that Donaldson, like they have to to play him for whatever reason. I don't know what I think, I think he like has what, Brian Cashman in like a headlock. Yeah, like he's, he's, got, he's got he's no got like, like he's like, you better play me. Yeah, like, it's good. There's, no there's no other way. I mean, why, why can't we just sell him for scraps? And LeMahieu's better, like immediately. And, better. like Like immediately. So I don't understand that one. Um, is Judge going to play center now until Bader's back? He, yes. And he was great in center. Yeah, no, but he's that good. That I'm not worried about that. The
1: outfield that. is you, you could put Stanton in left and Oswaldo in right, which is good. Or it's Hicks and Oswaldo, and maybe Stanton's at DH. I would put Stanton, Aaron Boone came out and said he wants Stanton to play between 40 to 60 games in the outfield this year. And Stanton right. wants to play outfield. I've actually noticed that Stanton, when he plays outfield, hits better. Yeah. He does. So I'm expecting Stanton to be the opening day left fielder or right fielder right, with probably right. Oswaldo, probably right. right. Um, and then Oswaldo probably in left. That's but they not bad. probably
0: keep starting Aaron Hicks. Yeah, that—that's oh, what I don't get. Like, what? Why are they, they doing? If is in the outfield opening day, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. That'll be a fun episode. That'll be a fun. Yeah, episode. yeah fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess that—that sounds way, but I would feel that. Here's the thing about the Yankees. I'd feel better about their lineup if they just did it better, like I'm not Literally. saying go get somebody like just put together a better lineup. Like, and st- like you said, you could have judge and center and you're not doing this all year. This is just until Bader comes back judge and this center is for a month this is for a month, for a month, judge and center Stanton and right Cabrera and left. Cabrera is a good left fielder, as you mentioned, and, and a switch hitter with speed and can sneak some balls out of the yard. I I've been hyping him up as a prospect. I love him. I think he's a perfect super utility guy. If he's playing every day for the first month, You're not going to lose sleep over that. He will be good. But then that allows you to put somebody like LeMahieu in the DH role, who's going to be a much better offensive piece than Aaron Hicks, right? So I I just don't understand why they would go with with any other lineup. As for shortstop, it's Oswald Peraza a million percent. Volpe's time will come, and I think it's going to come once the Gleyber-Torres era is over. And I don't know if that's after this year. I don't know if that's at the deadline. They'll figure that out. Oswald Peraza showed out in his debut. He's an, an incredible defender. 33 OPS with the Yankees while
1: playing great defense. I agree with you. He should be the starter. But it should be noted, Anthony Volpe is making this conversation yes. tough, and that's what he was brought in to do. I yep. think from I think Anthony Volpe, although he has an 1100 OPS in spring training with three stolen bases and two home runs, if he had 50 home runs and 50 stolen bases in 10 games. Yeah. I don't even think he would win the job. This is not how the Yankees do business. No. They're going to start Oswald Peraza at up, but if they start IKF, I'm going to lose my no, mind because you have to play Oswald Peraza. I think there's a very real opportunity that Oswald Peraza is the shortstop for the next decade. And
0: Volpe maybe plays the second base because Peraza's glove is fantastic. It's great, dude. It's better than Volpe's, and that's not an indictment on Volpe. Volpe's glove is great, but Oswald Peraza could win gold gloves. I don't know if Anthony Volpe has that in his future. No. And that could be one of the best middle infields in baseball, defensively and often saw them turn a double play in spring training. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Let them do it more. So I, I think that's their best foot forward. If they do that, I feel a lot better about the Yankees. If Hicks and Donaldson are in the lineup just cause, cause that's what Boone wants or whatever the deal is, or they don't want to admit that they're paying them too much, which doesn't matter. You, you, you you signed up to pay them, deal with it, put them on the bench. It doesn't make a difference. You shouldn't play guys just cause you're paying them. Um, then I'm going to feel a lot worse about the Yankees. So this is one of the rare occasions where it's like, I got to see what their lineup is going to be. And then I'll determine how I feel in terms of the offense, because it could be good just based on making the right decisions. But it could also be very, it could be like Swiss cheese. It could have holes in it um, if, if they just don't make the right decisions. Listen to this lineup and
1: tell me it's not fantastic. The Yankees won't do this, but listen to it. They might. This might be the starting lineup occasionally. Jose Trevino at catcher. Anthony Rizzo at first. Gleyber Torres at second. Oswald Peraza at short. DJ LeMayhu at third. In the outfield, Oswaldo Cabrera in left. Harrison Bader in center. Aaron Judge in right. And Giancarlo Stanton at DH. That's fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. I'd feel Johnson a lot better about Hicks that. On the bench with Higashioka. Even a guy like Rafael Ortega, Willie Calhoun.
0: IKF. That's great, man. It's a lot better. They won't do that. They won't do it. (laughs) I can't wait to see Donaldson Hicks uh, back to back in the lineup. That's going to be great. With IKF and then Trevino. And it's like, yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing?
1: But overall, they have so many options. This is the second best offense in the division. And I think it's the second best unit when you combine defense too, because they are going to be a very good defensive team. They were, the best defensive team by the metrics in terms of DRS last year. Number one, they have a lot of good fielders. They have a really sound team. It's just about Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman making the right decisions, playing the guys who should be played. And I'm already hearing Yankee fans asking for or for Jason Dominguez play left. Stop, stop. stop.
0: Yeah, I don't know. stop.
1: He is so young. He has never played a game in Triple A. We relax. I know he's hit some home runs in spring training. I know we're going to see him in a few years, but it's a few years. Yeah. I know there's the Juan Sotos and the Juan Francos of the world who have come up early in it, but he is not that. He just isn't. He's a great prospect. We will see him soon, but do not expect him, even on the 2023 Yankees. I wouldn't expect to see him even in a September call-up,
0: right, Arm? No, there's no way. He'd have to go nuclear for a September call-up, but he looks great. His time's coming, but his time's next year, I think, probably like middle of next year. We were slightly negative, but I think that this Yankees... Offense
1: is fantastic. I do. Overall, it is great if they play the right pieces. Yes, 100%. If they play the right pieces. Starting pitching. Going into the year, man, I thought this was the best rotation in baseball. Garrett Cole, (laughs) Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, and Frankie Montas. What a rotation. Do you know what's going to be opening day? Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt, and Nestor. That's what we're looking at right now. Carlos Rodon, forearm strain. Frankie Montas, shoulder surgery. This rotation right now is kind of similar to the Blue Jays. We like Garrett Cole, the top. Kind of similar to we like Kevin Gosman. Nestor was fantastic last year, but again, could have that regression because 2-8 ERA last year is amazing. Kind of similar to a Manoa. Now, Manoa is a better pitcher than Nestor but they could end up having a similar ERA next year. Luis Severino, it's it's crazy, dude. Luis Severino, when he's on the field, is an ace-level pitcher. He's got a 3-3-9 career ERA. In 2017 and 2018, he was 193 innings at a low threes, high twos ERA. Yeah. But in the last three years, actually four technically because he missed a full season, he's thrown... What did he throw 122 innings last year and 12 and six since
0: 2019. But in those innings, he's been great. No, he's I mean, dude, there's there's points when the Yankees were in the postseason. Like that was the guy they were going to like, that's the guy who they trusted getting the ball. Like this, this rotation has the upside to be one of the best, if not the best, but, you know, is are we gonna see a healthy Frankie Montes? I think that's a bigger question, and we don't know when it. we're gonna see him. Rodon, if that really just is a minor strain forearm, then then I feel really good about things. But if that's a, an indicator or something worse, then I'm then I'm very worried. But even now, like Cole, Severino, Herman, Schmidt, and Nestor, um, obviously that's not the order. Nestor would probably be the, the three in that group. That's a good rotation still. Like if Schmidt's your five. Like I'm not worried about Schmidt as your five. Herman as a four, he is a he's a solid four, and they've got other options too. So like even in the in the doomsday scenario right now, that rotation's not bad. And then you just get to plug in a Rodon to that, and then hopefully a Montes in the second half of the season. That's elite. Uh, but we'll see when Rodon comes back. But even until then, if they don't have Rodon for the first few times through the rotation this is still a solid rotation with Cole Severino uh, and Nestor at the top three and not a disaster at four or five. I think fine four and five starters. Let's say this is how the
1: rotation stacks up April 28th. Garrett Cole at the top, Rodon at the two, Luis Severino at the three, Nestor at the four,
0: and Domingo Herman at the five. That's good. Is that the best rotation in the division? It would depend on a healthy glass now, I think. But I would say probably yes. So this is what I'm talking about with when I'm talking about the Yankees.
1: It's yeah. They're tough to read because we go through each unit. They're very close with the Blue Jays in terms of offense and defense. They have a better rotation than the Blue Jays, even with some injuries. And they have a better bullpen than the Blue Jays do. Yeah, And they won seven more games last year. No, no. I, That's why I, I can't I, buy the Blue Jays. I yeah, can. Not, it's it's hard for me not to say. Yeah, the Yankees probably just win this division again. They're still yeah. very good. But at the same time, will Aaron Judge put up eleven point four f four? Probably
0: yeah. not. Does he put up seven? Does he put up, think, up seven? And yeah, the Yankees win ninety five games. He puts up seven. He puts up seven. And the bullpen, I think, is going to potentially be better. Right? Like Holmes. Oh, is, I love this bullpen. Holmes I is healthy. That. Mike King is healthy. Loaiza, like he did get. Uh, it did have a bad outing in the WBC getting it out of his system now. Uh, and then even the guys that are like the, the middle inning guys, they have high leverage stuff like Marinaccio. I even like, I even like Greg Weiser. That's one of the Love best. He's got a nasty slider. Uh, this is a an elite bullpen as it was last year, as it's been for a couple of years. And the Yankees have it down bullpen wise. I think I, they've, they've figured it out there. They have figured it out.
1: I, Clay Holmes, Jonathan guy. I don't know who's going to close. I'm assuming it's going to be Clay Holmes, but his stuff plays. Lawizga's stuff plays. Michael King, when he was healthy before he went down with that elbow injury, was fantastic. Wandy is as solid as they come, and I like him as a lefty because he can get out both lefties and righties. You know, Matt Crook was a a rule five guy uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays. And Albert Abreu stinks, but they have guys like Will Warren. They have guys like Randy Vasquez, Joni Brito, who could eventually be in this bullpen in some facet or in the starting rotation. Luis Heel is another guy. They have a ton of depth here too.
0: Imagine if they had Efros. I mean, this this bullpen is it's a joke. I mean, almost every single guy could pick up a high leverage spot, and you'd feel pretty good about it. That's why. And I'm trying not to be biased, but when I look at this team compared to the
1: other teams on paper today, I think they have the best bullpen in the division. Them in the Rays, I think, yeah. I think they have a better starting rotation than anybody maybe outside the Rays. It's close. It's it's health dependent for both of them. Health so, dependent for both of them. Yeah. But I think when healthy, they're both two of the top rotations in yes, baseball. absolutely. And Glasson was already hurt for more than Rodon is. So the yeah, Yankees no, at the least have yeah. less injury questions than they do. Which is, which is just sad. <laughs> it's just... So it's it's all the best teams in the East. Their best units, the Yankees are as good or better. Because then we look at offense and they're similar to the Blue Jays. Yeah. I still think they might win the division. Like I think the Rays are like my dark horse. Like I'll probably bet on the Rays to win the division.
0: Yeah, I mean the but Yankees. The, the Yankees never...
1: probably win this division.
0: They'll never have good odds. But no, I agree. I, I think I think the Yankees are have to be the betting favorite. Um, and assuming that Bader can come back early, you know, when we think he will, and and that there's no major injury, yeah, you know, looming for Rodon, Yeah, this team's got to be the favorite. And I think by by more than more than a slim margin, uh just based on the talent that they have here and the guys that they have coming up. And the thing with the Yankees is their system's good. I just wrote it up not too long ago. Top prospects are on just baseball.com for the Yankees. They're, they can go out and make another trade. They could bring somebody up like they 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 can. They can move, make some moves. They've got capital. So the Yankees are going to be the Yankees this year. And, and they might even be a little bit better than last year. So it's going to be very interesting, but it's going to be really about the health. And that seems to be the trend with this division and baseball in general, but specifically this division. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how that shakes out. But the good news for the Yankees is even their backup plan rotation, like we just went through, is not a disaster. It's actually still pretty good. And that'll do it for this episode of
1: the Just Baseball Show. That was the AL East preview coming up. AL Central, AL West. Then we'll head over to the National League. It's going to be a great week of episodes. And we will be at the World Baseball Classic. Arm has already been down there credentialed for the World Baseball Classic in Miami. Jack and I will be down there Wednesday. Probably as you're listening to this, we're going to be recording together in a Airbnb. It's going to be a blast. Cannot wait for that trip. World Baseball Classic, season previews, and then all of our award picks. It's almost opening day, dude. It's getting so close. So many podcasts to find on the Just Baseball Network. You can find that in the link tree, linked below. Instead of a bunch of different links to a bunch of different podcasts, you click that link, you'll see the full array of Just Baseball and Just Sports Network podcasts. On the flip side, make sure... To rate this podcast five stars, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it's the best way to support this podcast as well as getting yourself some Just Baseball merch. If you're watching on YouTube, hit us with a like, comment
0: what you think about the AL East and hit that subscribe button. Anything else on before we say goodbye? That's it. I'm really pumped for the WBC coverage and and spring training. I mean, excuse me, opening day right around the corner.
1: And definitely go check out that episode on Not Gambling Advice with our entire March Madness bracket. That was an absolute blast. That's on Not Gambling Advice. And with that,
0: thank you, everybody.